Today, from our news team, the CEO of Warner Media Studios details the future of the Snyderverse, Microsoft is in talks for another big purchase, and Dustin stops by for a surprise announcement. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk, uh, your source for stolen information, hot takes, and your weekly news. I'm your host, Archimedes Abigail. Before we get into the news, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. This is one of five regularly scheduled shows that we host every week. Starting your week off on the right foot, we have Monday Madness with Anthony. On Thursday, we'll meet back here for the news desk. On Friday, Dustin hosts the Friday show. Tune in Saturday then for on today's episode and then round out your weekend with the Weekend Wire on Sunday. With all that being said, here's the news. In movie news, Justice League director, direct, <laughs> director, 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 Zack Snyder Thanks, fans, for their overwhelming support. And, of course, uh, that is for the Zack Snyder's Justice League now appearing on HBO Max, the four-hour cut of the Justice League movie. And we are going to have an extensive look into that movie uh, by Dustin and Anthony later on uh, in the month. There is an additional part to this story, however, uh, along with all of the praise that Justice League is receiving and a lot of the criticism it is receiving as well, there was an interview done with Variety by Warner Media's CEO and Sarnoff on Justice League. There were a couple uh, poignant moments that I wanted to point out for you in the interview. The interviewer asks, <clears throat> The Snyder Cut came out because of a fan campaign online. Do you feel like you need to strike a balance between being responsive to fans and charting your own course as a company? How do you believe DC should be? Or how responsive do you believe DC should be? And said, We're always going to listen to our fans, but we are in service of the broadest fan base and we owe them an integrated, holistic strategy. We are the shepherds of the franchise and hopefully when the fans see what we've got in store, they'll know that DC is in good hands across many different platforms with many different creators. We want different voices in the mix. For certain fans that want singular voices, they may be disappointed. Uh, But we would ask them to be patient and see what we've got in store because perhaps the newer voices in the mix will be just as compelling or have just as compelling stories to tell. On balance, of course, you want to listen to your fans, but we do want to stay true to our vision and our mission for DC and build that out. The interviewer goes on to ask, the campaign for hashtag release the Snyder Cut has moved into a new phase. It's now restore the Snyderverse. What's your reaction to the new campaign? And continues, I appreciate that they love Zach's work, and we are very thankful for his many contributions to DC. We're just so happy that he could bring his cut of the Justice League to life because that wasn't in the plan until about a year ago. With that comes the completion of his trilogy. We're very happy we've done this. But we're very excited about plans we have for a multi-dimensional DC characters that are being developed right now. Uh, and so that pretty much much puts the kibosh on a potential Justice League sequel or Justice League 2 or Justice League 3. And these comments have also been confirmed by Mr. Zack Snyder himself. Time will tell, though, 
how the popularity of the restore the Snyder verse hashtag movement goes as fans have proven incredibly resilient. There was also a re-release of Batman versus Superman, a 4k edition that came out recently and fans have all but purchased every single copy from every single major retailer out there indicating that they are very excited about more Zack Snyder in the DC universe. And like I said before, we'll hear more about that uh, when Dustin and Anthony release their episode and their thoughts about the Justice League. One more, one more thing in the interview that uh, the interviewer asked that I thought was curious, hilarious, and amazing as well. They asked, will there be more of these director cuts? Will we see David Ayer's cut of the Suicide Squad? As you all recall, there was a recent trending hashtag of release the Ayer cut. And I think that one was completely fabricated by David Ayer himself. And we have talked about on the show, on the podcast many times before, how he had his chance. He's done. James Gunn has taken the reins already. We're not going to release the air cut, especially if the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn version, is well-received, which I think it will be. And Anne Sarnoff had a very blunt answer for those fans hoping for an Ayers cut of Suicide Squad. She said, we won't be developing David Ayers cut. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to do the voice. <clears throat> we won't be developing David Ayers cut. In other movie news, Just Cause movie writer Derek Kolstad sees Rico Rodriguez as Indiana Jones by way of Bond. Now, this is maybe old news to some of you, but it's news that I just learned. The Just Cause franchise, uh, the video game series, is a very popular video game series in which the primary antagonist destroys everything. That's one of the major draws of the game. You can wreak chaos on the on the landscape and on the populace of this digitized universe there are grappling hooks you can you can tether one thing to another explosions galore i remember when my cousin uh, got this game he tethered two vehicles together and then he tethered a person to the vehicle and just watched the physics craziness go through and uh, consume the game the John Wick creator said that the goon director Michael Douse will begin casting soon on that movie uh, in other Derek Kolstad news, this guy's in the news a lot recently. Uh, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, he was the writer on episode three and four. And he revealed that there is a secret cabal of uh, writers who are called the Parliament at Marvel. That beyond just Kevin Feige goes through these folks in order to get something published. So Kolstad reveals that he received... 15 pages of single space notes after handing in his script for the show's third episode and explained that those notes came from a group known as the parliament. Uh, what did he say? He said, it's probably 12 to 15 people and all of their notes are compiled. Kolstad explains. And by the way, the cool thing about their notes to the assistant's credit, there was nothing on those notes that was repetitive or conflictive. And if it was conflictive, it would be like, okay, these are conflicting notes. And you're like, oh, thank God. I think they referred to the heads of Marvel as the parliament. There's 15 of them or, or whatever who you meet at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. So it was their notes. But for the most part, man, you, you loved finally getting a draft in. They're like, hey, great job. It's going to go to production. A lot of it is going to change. And you're like, yep, 
Good luck, man. And uh, if you work at Marvel Studios, it sounds like you best get used to micromanagement, or so says the commentary from this comicbookmovie.com article. Uh, so he also said, everyone in that room is already a fan. And in certain capacities, even if you're younger and you don't know the comic books, the video games or cartoon or anything else, for a number of people I talk to now, the MCU was their Star Wars. And so in that room, you can bandy about, wouldn't it be cool if, and there's a small possibility that it happens. And in The Falcon and Winter Soldier, it happens a couple of times. And I love that. He finished. Uh, so it's exciting to know that at least in this newest Marvel joint, The Falcon and Winter Soldier, that we are watching every Friday here on the Culture Jack podcast, um, that there are going to be a couple of those big moments. Now, we don't want to tiptoe too far into theorizing and conspiracies like we did with WandaVision because we do not want to get disappointed and discouraged again. Warner Brothers strikes first deal to return films to theaters only in 2022 with a new 45-day window. Now, I can't recall what the window was that a movie had to remain in theaters before. I believe it was 90 days. So Warner Media executives have been adamant about the company's controversial HBO Max hybrid release model being for 2021 releases only. And that will be the case as far as Regal Cinemas is concerned. So Deadline is now reporting that Warner Bros. and Regal Cinemas owner uh, Cineworld have struck a deal to return Warner Bros. releases to theaters only in 2022 thanks to a new 45-day window plan. Under the current 2021 strategy, Warner Bros. opens movies in theaters on the same day that they begin streaming exclusively on HBO Max for 31 days. An interesting prospect to be sure and we knew that movie theaters were going to change. We did not expect them to go away entirely, but we knew that their model had to change in some way in light of all of the people that are still hesitant to go back to movie theaters and will probably still be hesitant for some time. These things aren't going to pop right back up after everything that we've just gone through for the past year, maybe going on year and a half, two years, we will see. Marvel's Shang-Chi movie delayed three months to September. So this comes with an extra piece of news that I'm going to bring on today's special guest host, Dustin. So Dustin, take it away. Hey, folks, it's me, Dustin. Definitely not Archimedes, Abigail. So this news comes with the news, the great news, the news that we've all been waiting for and the news that... Uh, Archimedes asked me to come over and deliver to you personally. That news is that Disney Plus is going to release Black Widow on July 9th. It's been delayed, yes, but it is coming to Disney Plus for premiere access, similar to Raya and the Last Dragon and Mulan. Unfortunately, it's not like Soul where we get it uh, for just the cost of our subscription. However, we are going to finally get Black Widow. So whether the the it's delayed again, it won't be delayed again, whether it is successful in theaters or not, or we decide to go to theaters or not. We are going to finally get Black Widow. I'm very excited for this news, and you should be as well. Uh, so, uh, Archie, thanks for having me on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. That's not a problem at all. I um, 
I, I wanted to have you over here because I knew that you've been talking about this announcement or this impending announcement for a long time. So thank you very much. We'll see you tomorrow for the Friday show, right? Yeah, you're damn right you will. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, good, good talking to you, Arch. <laughs> All right. Back to the show. Uh, so, <laughs> so this pushes back uh, Shang-Chi. Uh, it's going to be released on September 4th. There has been no word yet on whether it is going to push back the other two Marvel uh, Studios titles that are coming out this year, including Eternals on November 5th and then Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th. So we can all cross our fingers and hope that those dates remain firm, but there's been no word as of yet. Former James Bond star Pierce Brosnan has been cast as Dr. Fate in the DC comic book movie Black Adam with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. The casting represents Brosnan's first foray into the world of big studio comic book franchises. Um, so yeah, that's, that's very exciting as well because Dr. Fate is like the DC equivalent of Dr. Strange. Now, if our DC Marvel history between the two publishing houses is any indication, and I didn't look into this, I apologize, but you can, uh, and I, I may later, uh, Dr. Strange is no doubt the, was his character was no doubt inspired by Dr. Fate. We find oftentimes in these kinds of situations that the mirror character or the alternate character for the other publishing house was DC first, Marvel second. And so whether it's Deathstroke, Deadpool, uh, Dr. Fate, Dr. Strange, Darkseed, uh, Thanos, they, there's a history of that kind of going in that order. Uh, and, and with uh, Mr. Pierce Brosnan's casting as Dr. Fate, thus ends movie news. In gaming news, Gotham Knights, that video game, has been delayed to 2022. Uh, they say here is that it's the follow-up to the Batman Arkham series, and I don't believe that is the case. Um, I think this article is from Game Rant or TheGamer.com. This, this game looks absolutely nothing like... This looks closer to a Destiny clone, closer to an Anthem clone than it does a, a Arkham sequel. And maybe canonically, maybe via the story, they are a little bit closer to the Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Arkham Knights games. But um, Batman Arkham, or maybe this is a different game entirely. Oh, no, this is Gotham Knights. Excuse me, this is the game I was talking about. Uh, they said, we are giving the game more time to deliver the best possible experience for players. Uh, they said, thank you to our amazing fans for your tremendous support of Gotham Knights. We look forward to showcasing more of the game in coming months. Now, this type of announcement bodes well, maybe, for that crunch time that video game studios and developers are so notorious about and notorious for at this point. And you would think that allowing the game to have more time to breathe before release would be a good sign that maybe crunch time would not be so strenuous. It would not be such a um, divisive and other otherworldly stress on the employees. So hopefully that's the case, and hopefully Gotham Knights turns out well. I have been burned too many times 
by these loot shoot style games, games as a service. And so I will not be getting this game, the Avengers, Destiny 3, Anthem, probably even Outriders, even though you can play Outriders or at least a demo of it on Game Pass. In other games news, Gamescom opening night will debut on August 24th. Once again, hosted by Jeff Keighley. And the article says, well, last year's Gamescom was fully digital. This year it will return in the form of a hybrid event, offering both on-site and online activities to enjoy from August 25th to August 29th, with a live presentation on the night before the beginning of the event. The on-site activities will be available to a reduced number of people, and of course they're going to take proper safety precautions, hygiene, social distancing, all due to COVID-19. Starfield is reportedly aiming to launch in 2021. Uh, a journalist claims the Bethesda RPG is aiming to release this year. Uh, and this is by Jeff Grubb. He's a Venture Beat reporter, and he has a known track record for accurate leaks. Uh, he claimed to know a few new details about Bethesda's plans regarding Starfield, claiming the developer will unveil the spacefaring RPG later this year at E3 2021 before aiming to uh, release by the end of the year. So he also said that they would be aiming for a release like Fallout 4. And if you remember Fallout 4's announcement and then release, it was the announcement during E3 and then the release in November. So not very long thereafter. So besides a same day re announcement release similar to that of like Apex Legends, where it was, hey, we've got this game, you can buy it now. The next best thing, I think, is announcing a game and then giving it a couple months to stir and then releasing it. These, these, <laughs> but then this is also the company that, uh, announced, announced Starfield a long time ago, announced Elder Scrolls six a long time ago and has let it stew there for mm, perhaps too long. All right. Uh, Square Enix had a, kind of a digital style Nintendo direct style event called square Enix presents showcasing some new games. Those new games are some outriders gameplay. It is coming directly to game pass. Like I said, uh, or maybe there's a demo on game pass right now, but it is coming very soon. They also showcased the tomb Raider definitive survivor edition, which is all three of the newer tomb Raider reboots. Uh, a bunch of mobile games, including Just Cause Mobile, Hitman Sniper Assassins, which is a working title, and an augmented reality game uh, for the game of Space Invaders, if anyone remembers that old retro-style game. They also included uh, Darius, Cosmic Revelation. That's that bullet hell game. It sounds like it is a uh, sequel to Darius uh, of the same name, where you fly the ship upward in a vertical fashion and then you have to dodge all of the bullets and lasers on screen bubble bobble for friends <laughs> i haven't heard that name <laughs> it's the bubble bobble character smoking a cigarette bubble bobble i haven't heard that name in years uh <clears throat> they also talked about some more marvel's avengers dlc including hawkeye's story and they revealed the dlc character of the black panther so for anyone that's still playing marvel's avengers there can't be many of you out there there's some more content coming to you uh introduced a game called balan wonderland a co-op game 
that maybe doesn't look up to the next-gen games that we've been getting. Life is Strange, True Colors, another one of those serialized, story-driven games. And this one, though, is not going to be released in an episodic format. And then finally, the last game that they talked about was uh, previously rumored to be called Project Athea, is now called Forspoken. And it looks like a huge open world game. The, not the antagonist, the protagonist. We have no idea who the antagonist is. Although, (laughs) is that a motherfucking dragon? The protagonist looked like they had some incredible sprinting, free running options, climbing. They were using some spells at one point. It looks like what I feel like a next gen game could look like. So in that way that Warframe has the movement and maybe some of the space. This looks like the single player component to a game, maybe like Warframe, maybe as big as Legend of Zelda, but with much improved running, jumping, climbing, and uh, and movement mechanics. Super Nintendo World celebrates its Osaka grand opening. So we talked about this in a previous episode of Culture Jacked. Super Nintendo World, a theme park with... Mario-themed exhibits and foodstuffs and other types of entertainment is opening in Osaka, Japan. Uh, So if you're over there in Japan, let us know how it is. We'd love for you to tell us about it in the comments. Uh, And then our last bit of uh, news, some big news, actually. It's it was a rumor. Uh, This article uh, I I got from Bloomberg, Microsoft in talks to buy a discord for more than $10 billion. Uh, It is a video game chat community, um, and Discord has been talking to potential buyers, and software giant Microsoft is in the running, but no deal is imminent, said the people who asked not to be identified because the discussions are private. Discord is more likely to go public than sell itself, one person said. Representatives for Microsoft and Discord declined to comment. VentureBeat reported earlier on Monday that Discord was engaged in sales talk. So uh, that was uh, from March 23rd, that news article. Then there was another one that came from the Wall Street Journal, and it is hot off the presses. I got it about 37 minutes ago, and so new as of Thursday night. Microsoft is an exclusive talks to acquire Discord. Now, that's from the Wall Street Journal. Like I said, Microsoft has been on a buying spree, whether it be game studios, developers, and now Discord, even at one point when there was the uh, the torch being held by politicians, Microsoft was in contention to buy popular social media application TikTok. So Microsoft is going all out here. And if this acquisition of Discord that could be finalized in the next few weeks, if it is even true at that point, so take this with a grain of salt, they are purchasing themselves a major part, not just a gaming communicator, not just something that people use on Twitch and YouTube and when they're streaming games and playing games with each other, but they are a major, like a Zoom, like a Skype, like um, any of those other video communicators over the internet. And so this could very well be some very big news, especially after Microsoft abandoned its Mixer program on Xbox, on PC, Could this be a replacement that we're looking for? Are they saying, well, no, there is still money in streaming. We just have to do it right. And we're going to do it right to start with by picking this up. 
this could also coincide with Microsoft's rebranding of their Xbox Live service, which is going to be or is already starting to be called Xbox Network. So this could be a boon to that program. It could be a boon to Microsoft, to Xbox. But with that being said, that is all we have to cover in gaming news. All right, on to what I've been playing and what I've been watching. What I've been playing, very simply, is Fortnite and Apex Legends. Don't you know they have a battle pass that you have to play all the time in order to level up? Last season... I only achieved level 80 on Fortnite, and I didn't even bother with the Apex Battle Pass. This, uh, <laughs> this season, for both, I am attempting the Herculean, and in fact, some people might say Sisyphean task, of completing both the Battle Pass for Fortnite and for Apex Legends. Wish me luck. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I've also been playing some Rocket League. That game is still so much fun after all of these years. I've only ever played paid i've only ever paid twenty dollars for rocket league and if you consider that for every gaming hour that you get you spend one dollar and that is the value proposition for a good game well then i've more than made up my money i've probably paid for multiple xboxes at this point not to mention the twenty dollar game of uh, rocket league i've also been playing with your heart because I did not put this episode out early in the day. <laughs> so I apologize for that. So if you were one of those waiting with bated breath, hoping that nothing happened to me, well, here it is. Your assurance that I am okay and that I missed you. I missed you so much. That's what I've been playing. What I've been watching, there's an anime that I'm two, three episodes into now on Netflix called, I think it's called High Rise Revolution. Basically, the premise of this anime is there is a, a, a girl who wakes up and she is in a, a series of interconnected high-rise buildings. And the rooftops are connected by these uh, sky bridges, by these, these walkways, and all of the stairways are blockaded, so they can't go down. There are no other exits, no elevators. There's a helicopter that shows up every day and takes one person. Apparently it's a battle royale of some kind, but we're not exposed to that mystery yet. And there are also these villains that stalk around the rooftops of these high-rise buildings, and they are murderous, and they wear these masks with smiley faces on them, and they, they attack these people that are trapped on these high-rises. Now, they discovered early on that these people are not there to kill them. They are there to drive them so much so to desperation that the people will jump off the buildings themselves and kill themselves. It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre anime so far. What would I, would I recommend it? Like the animation is not great. The story is not, the characters aren't great. It's like not a great anime. It's like slop. It's <laughs> it's junk. It's junk anime, but I'm living for it right now. I'm also watching what I think is probably based on a Japanese manga. There's a live action Japanese show uh, also on Netflix called Alice in Borderland. And basically, similar premise, these three guys, they disappear from their regular life and they show up into an empty city. And then they go to a game. 
and they go into the game and they play the game. And oftentimes the game is a game of life and death. And if they, they beat the game, if they win without dying, then they are given a playing card. And typically the number on the playing card represents how many days they have just earned themselves to continue living. If they run out of time, if they fail at the game, a giant laser beam from the sky zaps them through their head and kills them immediately. And so these three guys are fighting. I'm, I'm just, I just got done with episode number three, and I can't even talk about episode number three because it is a great show. I mean, if you, I'm watching the dubbed version right now, which I know is sacrilege uh, to those people who watch foreign films with subtitles on. However, it's really good. And if you can get past the incorrect or the mismatch of the, the lips of these live action people, I've always found live action dubs to be a little more difficult to watch than anime uh, dubs. But if you can get past that, it's a really a great watch, or at least it is so far. Cried, I cried some tears last night watching episode number three. I also watched Justice League, the Snyder Cut, or as they're calling it on HBO Max, Snyder, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And again, Dustin and Anthony are going to have an in-depth conversation about the major changes that went on in that and what this movie represents to not only a whole host of fans, but to a movie anthology like the DC Extended Universe. And then, of course, just like Dustin and Anthony, I am watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Before I get done with... Uh, that's, all I'm, that's all I'm watching today. But before I, I wrap up this episode, I just found out that the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, the one that we referenced earlier in the episode, is going to have a Red Band trailer out tomorrow. So... When you're not watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when you are not listening to The Friday Show with Dustin, when you are not watching the Amazon original Invincible, which I think we're going to watch as well, there should be three episodes out tomorrow, out on the Friday, uh, out on the Friday show. No, we're not premiering them on the Friday show. However, uh, The Friday Show and Dustin, I'm sure, will be watching them as well. There is a Suicide Squad trailer scheduled to drop tomorrow. So take a look, keep your eye out for it. If you are subscribed to our Facebook page, if you have liked that page, we will be reposting where we see that video tomorrow. So if you haven't already gone over and done that, subscribe to that page, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, make sure you stay tuned for the Friday show on Saturday on today's episode, the weekend wire and Monday Madness. Make sure you leave us a review, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or iHeartRadio or Stitcher Radio or SoundCloud or on Player FN or Alcast or Acast or any of those other streaming services that you listen to. It does us a whole great deal of good. Uh, you can also get in contact to, with us <laughs> on that Facebook page at CultureJack, on Twitter at CultureJack. You can send us an email culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com but other than that thank you for joining us here at the Culture Jack News Desk I'm Archimedes Abigail that's the news and we'll see you next week